This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Wearing a men's warehouse outfit makes you confident, like you could do anything, so you dance like no one is watching, even though everyone is watching. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you interview like the job is already yours because it is. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you golf as if the rules don't apply to you because you're too well-dressed for rules. Because of the men's warehouse outfit. At Men's Warehouse, get measured, get fitted, get hot, get confident in everything from tailored suits to underwear and all the stuff in between. Love the way you look at Men's Warehouse. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in. Friday, December 16th, here on the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Bergenoni, and I am joined in person by Matthew, your here buddy, Betts. Dude, it happened. Here I am. I somehow made it to Arizona. Uh, two flights across the country in a different time zone next to Uborg. This just feels This just feels right, man. I don't know what to say. It does feel good. You know, I, I sit here in studio alone sometimes. And the only people that come in sometimes is there's a bathroom over here. So I'm sure we'll get that during our show where, you know, Jason or Mike will, will use the bathroom. So that's great. Uh, we're not recording in a bathroom. We're recording here in the footballer studio. But a lot of people have been asking, and maybe they were sad that when I greeted you, it wasn't maybe what you wanted at the airport. I'm not going to lie. When I got off the airplane and eventually got to the baggage claim area, which, by the way, I did not check a bag. I mean, I'm not a rookie. But when I got to that area to meet Kyle to pick me up, I was told in very specific detail, I will be there for you bets, holding a sign with your name on it. And I saw four or five, maybe six people holding a sign. Not one of them was Kyle holding a bet sign. So I'm not going to lie, man. I was a little disappointed in the, uh, the execution of the plan there. Okay. I had the perfect airport pickup for Seinfeld fans out there. Like picking up someone in the airport is a binding social contract. And I feel like I hit it right on time, picked you up on the curb, got you some food. So I feel like people are giving me a lot of a lot of crap on this, but it felt pretty good. We did have some questions that came in. And somebody asked, are you guys sharing a bunk bed while you're in Arizona stepbrothers style? Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> no, we're not. My kids are. My kids have a bunk bed, but Betts has a great guest bed that we have set up. And then this is from Thomas Nixon. Was Kyle taller or shorter than you thought? Honestly, exactly as I imagined. I I pictured Kyle being you know a certain height, and when I when I saw him, and we I went outside, I was like, holy crap, this is exactly what I pictured Kyle being. It was to a T. Was I taller or shorter than what you thought? You were I'm a little bit taller. We talked about this that you're you're a little taller than me, and you know you've got a got a presence. Yeah, you're, you're taller, and then the hair. Like that's got a fresh haircut coming out here. But you'll, you'll see it today if you're on the live stream. That's true. We got a live stream today that's coming out. 2 p.m. Eastern if you want to join us, ballerslive.com. We can't wait to see you. And really this week has been a fun week for us together, Bets and I, but also the slates that we have, like the Saturday slate, you and I are going to get to break that down on the live stream and then sweat that out together. You know, Thanksgiving style, we get three games. So it's a really fun week. This episode, we're going to be talking mostly about the main slate. And there's a couple of games that I really, really, really like. So we'll get into that in just a second. If you want to go to DFSPass.com, 
we lowered the price 66% and in person, are you are you seeing that like this place is going to shambles because we've cut the prices so much? Yeah, we actually can't afford heat anymore because the price is so cheap. And, uh, you know, I'm currently working outside. There's no desk for me here. So, yeah, things are tough here for the brand. If you could help me with that, help us with that, it would be really be great. It would just be nice to have a toilet that flushed this time of year. I feel like we were like one of those, like, please call in for just 55 cents. <laughs> you can... But you, wait, order now. You can get a second one for free. I know. Or it's like we're, 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 you're helping just give like a, for a cup of coffee this is what you say. Like you get to support a, a child in need and that's bets right now. But <laughs> you can get all of our picks, our FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, all of our reports, a roster percentage report, which we get to update throughout the weekend. You can get that at DFSPass.com. And if you use the promo code DFSPod, you can save some cash. Speaking of... <laughs> Straight cash, homie. Was that like a pretty professional segue right there? I mean, you are a pro. You're a pro's pro. Your your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. I, I would say that. I have a face for this. Um, we're talking about our cash picks for week 15. And from Tuesday's show, we discussed some of the quarterbacks that we thought this week were in plus matchups. Have you really shifted at all bets from Herbert and Dak kind of being a step above in your mind, everybody else? Yeah, you know, it's one of those slates where it doesn't really seem like there's a clear cut, this is the best cash quarterback to play. And because of that, I've kind of landed on two guys in the mid-range where I'm fine if anyone wants to pay up for the Mahomes, Jalen Hurts of the world. You're never going to hear us tell you not to do that. They're obviously great plays, huge team total. But I keep coming back to the guys we talked about on Tuesday, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert. The question is, for me, do you need the $1,000 on the slate to drop from Herbert to Dak? Because I love Justin Herbert in this spot you think about what the chargers want to do we'll talk about the game preview they do not care about running the football they do not want to run the football they want to throw on every play if they can and this is the matchup they should be able to do it so i think justin herbert to me if i had all the money in the world compared to dak prescott i'd play dak can get there on efficiency it's just that we know they want to run the football with pollard with zeke so dak could rip off 25 to 27 attempts meanwhile herbert could literally throw it 45 times in this game that's a possibility. So I think I lean Herbert even for $1,000 more. It's interesting because we love the running backs on both these teams, like Pollard and Eckler we'll talk about in the cash section. We love the wide receivers for both of them. CeeDee Lamb's in a great spot. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is way too cheap. So you can stack with these guys in cash. And right now I have Herbert and Keenan Allen in my lineup, which just feels safe. But I'm also, I mean, it's Keenan Allen's. Does it get any better than that? If he's below 7K, there's a 97% chance you're playing in cash. Keenan Allen had the most Keenan Allen game of all time last week. It was 12 oh, for yeah. 92. And like, I was almost glad that he didn't score a touchdown because it wouldn't have been <laughs> Keenan Allen uh, to, to get in the end zone. But let me throw out a cheap name and you can just, you can laugh at me like you laughed about Russ and you laughed about Mike Glennon and you were right about that, but not about Russ. What about Mac Jones at 5K? It's almost like they forgot about his price, and there was somebody at DraftKings that we should petition. Like, we should talk to customer support and say, hey, Mac Jones is only 5K. Someone should be fired. You know, someone on this podcast, I'm not going to say who it was, famously once said, if Mac Jones beats me, he beats me. And on Thanksgiving, he had a career game, and he beat me. That said... It's Mac Jones. I get the price. I cannot go there in cash because I don't think you need to on this slate. We'll talk about the wide receivers. You have, it almost feels like too many punt options this week. Right. So to me, like on some slates, it feels like you're just desperate for salary saving. This slate particularly, I think there's a lot of the wide receivers that you can play below 5K that feel pretty good. So I don't think you need him. I understand in a tournament because the matchup is incredible against the Raiders, but the ceiling we know just generally is um is not great. And because I've said that, you can guarantee 25 DraftKings points for Mac Jones this week. I think you can stack him in a tournament. I just wanted to oh, bring up sure. his name because points per dollar, he's going to show up pretty well at 5K. So those are the quarterbacks we're interested in. On FanDuel, we mentioned this earlier in the week, but you can pay up for Jalen Hurts in a great spot in a game that we'll, we'll discuss at 9K. So I like Jalen Hurts a lot. At running back, I just keep staring at Austin Eckler. I, I just, every single week, his projection is going to show so strong. He's only 8.5, but Derrick Henry's 8K. Have you changed your view at all if you want to play those two in cash? Or are you saying like, hey, I just want to pick the right one in a GPP? Yeah, for me, I if I'm picking between the two, I understand the argument for Eckler. The issue is if you're playing Herbert, Eckler, and Keenan Allen, 
And Big Mike Williams, who we're going to talk about, goes off for one of his classic 150-2 and two games. You really are stuck holding the bag in cash. So I think I'm leaning away from Eckler in cash. I won't fault anyone for going there. I lean, if you're going to pay up, Henry or Josh Jacobs. I mean, both those guys, especially Jacobs, just the role is insane for what he's seeing. He's on the injury report with the finger issue. It looks like he's going to play. It's a tough matchup on paper against New England. James Conner had success on Monday night, so it's not like you can't run on New England. Um, and so if you go into the theory of like they take away the best option, Devonta Adams, then in theory, Josh Jacobs should get a ton of work. So I think Josh Jacobs is in play at 8.1. Henry, last week, dude, it felt like the 200-yard game was coming and just they, they got game scripted out. I think they're very much in play uh, for, for Derrick Henry there. And really quickly, like kind of quietly, <laughs> Derrick Henry has a 10.4% target share, higher than Travis Etienne on the season. So no longer just a two-down grinder, Derrick Henry. I, I think those guys are both good options, and you'll have the salary to get up to them if you want to. Those three running backs, Eckler, Henry, Josh Jacobs, I think are going to cannibalize each other in roster percentage and cash. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of builds that have both of those. Like I don't think people are going to be playing Eckler and Henry together in cash. In tournaments, I think it's fine. Like I'm not usually we don't play two running backs, but I think the builds this week are going to be pick one of those three studs, and then in this middle tier, Alvin Kamara is going to be way more popular than I think the casual person realizes, uh, because they're going to say, "Oh, look what Alvin Kamara's done recently. He hasn't scored a touchdown since you know that three touchdown game, but he plays Atlanta. They're four point home favorites, and he's too cheap on both sides. Six point eight on DraftKings, seven point six on Fanduel. He's a great play on both of those." So I think Alvin Kamara is going to be one of my top plays. Like I haven't put him in the best plays category yet, but I can see right now he's going to be top five on that list. Dude, spoiler. Jeez, come on. Make the people pay for it. Um, no, I'm with you though. Like when you see Kamara below 7,500, it feels like it's not hard to talk yourself into him. When you see him at 6.8 K, it's like that feels incorrect. And when you're talking about the recent usage, the recent game logs, it doesn't look good. But Mark Ingram is on IR, and they currently have David Johnson, David Johnson, to back this man up. And they signed Eno Benjamin, who's on like his fourth team this year. So the path is there. The game script should knock it out of hand. And even if it does, for some reason, Alvin Kamara should be involved in the passing game with Andy Dalton under, under center. So for me, he's locked in my lineup for cash. All right, sub 6K. Isaiah Pacheco, early in the week, is was somebody I liked. I still like him a lot. You've been giving Bam Knight some love. Bam. I mean, I, it's fun to say. I get it. Uh, 5.3. I mean, he's been averaging about 17 opportunities the last three weeks. Like, I get the storyline for him. Is it just like he's too cheap for his role? That's mostly what it comes down to. And we'll have to see what the roster percentage shows uh, later today on Friday. If he ends up getting popular, for me, I'd be off him in tournaments. I still think he's okay in cash. The Lions are a defense that when you look at their season-long metrics, you would say, oh, green light, like plug Bam Knight in guaranteed to go off they've been incredible against running backs over the last four five six seven weeks so it's not just a couple week blip on the radar this is a real thing for the lions who you love kyle i know you love them um and their defense has been really good against the run so bam knight i think is fine i question his overall ceiling in this matchup and that's why i was saying if he does become popular it'd be an easy fade for me in tournaments yeah i think that you're gonna find one of these running backs or the final thing i want to talk about is the patriot situation it's a mess we're recording on a Thursday, trying to figure out, is it Damian Harris? Is it Kevin Harris? Is it Pierre Strong? Is it LeGarrette Blunt? Whoever it is from the Patriots. Who was that random guy? Jonas Gray. Yeah, okay. I was, <laughs> you okay. knew what I was thinking. No, I was driving around the car the other day thinking about Jonas Gray because <laughs> when, he had his four, yeah, when he had his four touchdown game, I was like, he was like less than half a percent rostered and you know people won the million maker with him. So... I'm searching for that play. At running back, that takes some cojones to be able to say, I'm going to play Jonas Gray. But what are you doing with this Patriots running back? My early lean is to look at all this value. You know, Pierre Strong is 4.5 on FanDuel. That is a really low price. For someone that catches passes, uh, he's involved. But it wouldn't shock me if this is complete timeshare and your max points you're getting from these players is like 12. I think it is going to be a complete timeshare. And re really what you look at from last week on Monday Night Football, Ramondre Stevenson, I'm still not over it, goes out injured, right? So they had three active, Stevenson, Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris. When he went out, it became a two-man backfield. And we always say, like, two-man backfields can work in fantasy. Three-man backfields are very tough to predict how it's going to go. So you know you get those two guys active if Damian Harris is out. And I think J.J. Taylor would be the third back. He has a pass-catching skill set. 
so does Pierre Strong. So we have no idea where where the receiving work will go, which we know is very valuable in this offense. So to me, this is a no-brainer question. If Damian Harris is active, these guys are off the table. If they are, if he is out, they are all in play as GPP only for me. Even though they're insanely cheap on DraftKings at 4K, that is the minimum for running back. I get it. It's just how, how can you confidently say which one's going to get the ball? You can't. So for me, I'm off him in cash. Yeah, and I like that game. I mentioned it as a sneaky game this week, but I like the passing attack of the Patriots a little bit more. And there's some wide receivers, too, that you can kind of sort through. Some of my favorite players in the league this week are on our cash list. And maybe that's just how it works out. It's like, I like this player and put him in. But CeeDee Lamb projects really well at 7.3. Keenan Allen at 6.8. They're ballers. They're awesome. Uh, Garrett Wilson's also in that mix right now. And then I have Zay Jones. Those are all PPR options that I feel safe at their price point to be able to give people to put in their cash pools. But you and I are falling in love with Jamar Chase this week and saying it's just one of those things where you can just pay up for him. Yeah, and because we have these punt options, it's easy. You you have you know your pick. If you want to go up for Eckler, Henry, Jacobs, Jamar Chase, you can get to them. I love Jamar Chase in this spot. We've been talking about the Bengals and their pass rate over the last four or five weeks. They're up there in pass rate over expectation. They want to throw the football. They're finally letting Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow connect with Joe Burrow and shotgun a ton. And they've been great. And now we have T. Higgins, questionable with the hamstring issue. I don't think he's going to be 100% if he plays. We saw that last week, and that hurt a lot of people. And then Tyler Boyd, dislocated finger, still unclear if he plays. Even if those guys are in, I still love Jamar Chase. Obviously, if those guys would be out, Jamar Chase would be an incredible play at 8.3. Yeah, do you almost hope that those two are in to keep his roster percentage down. I don't know. You can, I, I, I just, I think he's going to be popular, but either way, like if they are playing and his roster percentage comes down, I'm still okay in cash. It'd be an aggressive target in tournaments for me. Yeah. On FanDuel at nine K he's in my lineup right now. He's just a great play. Talk to me about Jason's cousins, Elijah and Chris Moore. <laughs> um, the more bros, the more bros, Chris Moore, Texans wide receiver at 4.2 against Kansas City and Elijah Moore 3.6 against Detroit. I know we're still kind of waiting on the status of those other wide receivers. Brandon Cooks practiced as of today on Thursday, and then we're waiting on Corey Davis. So do you have a lean on the Moore bros? You know, Chris Moore is (laughs) – last week was – that was dumb. (laughs) Dumb. We both put, like, Philip Dorsett in the best plays article and in the uh, I put him in DraftKings cash article just because it was like okay someone has to catch the football oh wait there's Chris Moore popping up for a career day so I don't want to chase that if Nico Collins and or Brandon Cooks are back either one which it looks like most likely it's going to be Cooks if he's active for me Chris Moore is off the board for Elijah Moore the favorite of the brothers uh, for the Moore bros I I like I mean we talk about Detroit all the time I just mentioned with Bam Knight that you really can't run on them successfully over the last several weeks. You can still throw on them, and Elijah Moore's role has been growing. He's been playing a ton of snaps, specifically in the slot, and the uh, slot wide receiver against Detroit the last four weeks has gone off. KJ Osborne, 538-1. Christian Kirk, 6 for 104. Isaiah McKenzie, 696-1. Wandell Robinson, and he had he left early in this game, 9 for 100. So, I think Elijah Moore is a standout punt play this week. He is way too cheap, especially if Corey Davis is out. So we have three Jets listed. What could go wrong? <laughs> Bam Knight, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. Are you playing more than one Jet in cash? I'm hesitant to do that. If Out of all these guys, if I was going to fade one, it'd be Bam Knight. I think I'm okay playing two Jets. It's just that it gets a little uneasy when you click the button on both Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. What about you? Yeah, Corey Davis has to be out, obviously, to even yeah, consider yeah. that. Uh, I won't be going there because uh, it's just a lot to ask. Not a big Mike White fan, huh? Oh, I'm a big Mike White fan. I, Mike and I are playing him on a league record team, and we're riding him. But <laughs> I just think it's a lot to invest in a game that I wish was a higher total game. Yeah, that's fair. Um, if it was in Detroit, I think I would be fine with it. You know, the, the total would be what, like 51 plus? Probably. So. Let's finish off talking about the Patriots wide receivers. I didn't think that we would be coming into this week 15 and say, hey, let's talk about Patriots running backs and Patriots wide receivers. If Jacoby Myers and if Devontae Parker are out, who's the dude? Like, is it Aguilar? Is it Thornton? Is it Bourne? When in the last five or six years has Nelson Aguilar ever let the fantasy community down? Never. Not this week. No way. 
No, but for, for real, he would be in play. 3.4K. We, we know the story with Las Vegas, one of the worst uh, defenses, specifically pass defenses, in the league. And, you know, last week, the Devontae Parker concussion happened in the game, so I think it's very likely he is out. Jacoby Myers, his concussion was two weeks ago. He missed last week. It's He's trending towards playing. So for me, Nelson Aguilar is only in play if for some reason Myers can't clear protocol and Devontae Parker are out. Kind of the similar situation as we said with Chris Moore. Like if the starters are in, to me, Nelson Aguilar is off my board. So then is Jacoby Myers on your radar? 4.7 on DraftKings if he plays. That's a good tag. I know. That's what I. That's I, cheap. I, I, he stood out to me early in the week. I just didn't know his, his status. He was limited on Wednesday. We'll find out for Thursday. And real quick, too, like Ramondre. Dude, Ramondre was seeing like a 23% target share. So there's a lot of volume gone in this offense. Yeah. And last thing I just need to add, Nelson Aguilar, revenge game. So call it what it is. I mean, we know that matters. Oh, uh, Can I also just shout out, give a shout out to Chris Olave on both sides, but especially FanDuel. I knew you were going to. Go ahead. Okay. 7.1. It's a great tag. And did you know? I actually told Betts this morning before we leave, I'm like, hey, I got a hot stat. Over a cup of coffee. It was glorious. Yeah. And he tried to guess a Ra as the answer. Shocker, I know. No. Who leads the league in receptions on third down? Who is it? Well, I know the answer. Who is it? <laughs> Chris Olave. It is Chris Olave. Gosh, what a guy. I wish he played for a different team, by the way. Every time I'm like, I love Chris Olave. Wait, he plays for the Saints. Yeah, you're our tribal. Yeah, I don't really care. This a division year. rival, I guess. I don't. It, we can win out. Desmond Ritter, let's go. Um, finish at tight end. Greg Dulcich is going to keep showing up for us, 3.6 against Arizona. It's the matchup thing. There's some guys that are a little bit more expensive that I I, I want to mention them because in stacking, I think you can use Cole Komet at 4K. I think you can use Dalton Schultz at 4.4. Uh, those are both fine plays. And then Chigo Conquo, a great play. Burks wasn't practicing. Woods wasn't practicing with an illness on Wednesday. So if you knew that... Burks and Woods were out. I feel like Conquo would move up a ton in ranks. If just one of them is out, I think he's a good play. Yeah, if one of those guys is out and the other one plays, obviously, for the Titans, I would probably try to find the money to get up to Greg Dulcich. I mean, dude, the Cardinals. What more is there to say? But also his usage was has been great in the last couple of weeks. So I think I prefer him in a vacuum. For Chico Conquo, he's the type of tight end that I'm okay. The volume might not be there as much. Meaning he is so efficient, he is so dynamic, he can actually create plays as a wide receiver. There are no tight ends in this price range normally on DraftKings that can actually do that. So I know the floor is a little lower with Chico Conquo. He actually only played 49% of the snaps and had a 52% route rate last week. So in cash, generally we're like, eh, that's a little dicey. But it's hard to ignore the efficiency. 25% targets per route run for a rookie tight end is awesome. 2.58 yards per route run. Those are among the best in football period, not tight end, just period. So it's a good matchup again. Chargers uh, ranking 24th in DVO against the position. I, I could go either way. If you need the salary savings, I'm fine to drop down. And Travis Kelsey on FanDuel, keep playing him. 8K. I write the same article every week on FanDuel, and it's Travis Kelsey's just eternally in there because he's mispriced as a, you know, just where he is as a tight end. Let's finish off a defense before we talk about those games. Denver is just the top play, just in general. For points per dollar on both sites, are they locked in your cash lineup right now? They are. Yeah, 2.7 is a good tag for a defense that we know is good and going up against Colt McCoy, who, if you watch Monday Night Football this past week, woof. He was under pressure all the time. Nine quarterback hits on his dropbacks. Um, and since week eight, Arizona is allowing the 12th highest pressure rate and they're 29th in EPA per play. Ronde Moore on IR. Like, they're they're circling the drain at this point. So, yeah, I'm fine with, with Denver. This is a good spot. They're at home, too. Cardinals traveling. You don't have to get too cute. I would say Carolina's fine. They're at home, 3.3. It's a fine tag against Mitch Trubisky, and they have the fewest amount of 15-plus yard pass plays. Like, It's safe. I think they're safe if you want to pay there, but I think Denver across the board is what we're going to be doing this week. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come right back. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Bets, we have some games that we need to talk about. And I'm realizing this section, uh, before I hit the drop, still has Mike Glennon as a picture. And I just, I, I wanted to give you this as a gift. Would it be really cool? I, I don't have it. I really wanted to have it here. <laughs> if I got Mike Glennon to introduce this section of the podcast. Oh, like a cameo? Yes. Oh, my. I don't care what it costs. Let's do it. I would just love <laughs> Stack Attack presented by Michael Joseph Glennon. What do you What do you think the price would be for a cameo from Mike Glennon at this point in his I, career? Gosh, a Glennon. I mean, he's got to be at least 50, right? 50, I was thinking 50. $5.99. Just, he's, <laughs> he has a little holiday sale. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to look it up. You look it up while I hit the drop, and we'll talk about these games. Stack Attack. You know, there's some other players that I feel like are probably on cameo just hanging out, trying to relive the glory days. We know that Glennon definitely had some glory days, uh, you know. Thanks to this podcast. For sure. All right, this first game that I want to talk about is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Houston Texans. Chiefs are 14-point road favorites. The over-under is 49, so it's the highest of the week. And the question is really simple. Can you bring somebody back from the Texans side if you're stacking Chiefs? We know who the Chiefs are. They are the NFL's preeminent passing offense. They rank first in pass rate over expectation, first in EPA per pass attempt, second in, a, in a points per game. We love this team, okay? The crazy part about the Texans, when you go through their metrics, you go, wait a second, why do they show up as a bad matchup for the pass? Because on PFF, they're 31st in coverage gate. They're 28th in explosive pass rate. It's because teams can run on them. They're allowing the fewest passing touchdowns in the league. So... Any concerns about Mahomes from a tournament perspective? We know that his floor is super high because he's Patrick Mahomes. But is this going to be spread out where you don't need Chiefs this week in a tournament? I feel like you're setting me up here by the way you're asking this question. Because you're saying, oh, the metrics don't look great. You know, you can run on them so you don't have to throw. They're going to throw. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the football a ton in this game, even if it's a quote-unquote better matchup for the running game. And that doesn't mean Isaiah Pacheco and Jeremy Kinnon are bad plays. It's just that if people, if the field is off Mahomes stacks, I want to go there this week. We know in general, these wide spreads in the NFL are hard to cover. Not that they can't, but we saw it last week with the Texans against the Cowboys and the Chiefs against the Broncos. It was a very close game. So if this one stays closer and they are still throwing in the fourth quarter and the field is off Mahomes, a 31 and a half team total is the highest on the slate by a wide margin. We know Mahomes has 303 in his bag every single week. And when they get in close, they're among the league leaders in pass rate over expectation inside the red zone. So they want to score with Mahomes' arm. If you want to get a little narrative-y, Jalen Hurts took a, a step forward in the MVP market. Maybe Mahomes comes out and says, don't forget about me this week. So I'm in on Mahomes stacks this week. Yeah, I'm in too. I was setting you up, and I want to see if you fail. You did not. And Simpatico. I know. It's just really easy. You lean into a team that throws at this high rate. Like if they were the Cowboys, which was, oh wait, that was last week. The holes that you could point in the Cowboys is their rush rate, what they want to do in neutral game scripts. We know what the Chiefs want to do. So I think you can lean in the passing uh, passing game. Kelsey has a ridiculously strong correlation with Mahomes. Uh, so I think it's really simple. You just go Mahomes, Kelsey, and then you can add another piece. I don't even know if you have to. Like let's say... Mahomes throws three and Kelsey catches two of those. We've seen many games like that this year. I think it's totally fine. My lean is that I don't need a Texan on the other side because they don't know what they're doing. They're farting around with Jeff Driscoll. And Rex Burkhead might be back there and Daria Ogumbawale. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think people might talk themselves into Brandon Cooks because we know the name. I'm not going there, even if, if the matchup is good on paper. So I don't think you need to bring back personally. I mean, if you want to and you want to maximize correlation, I get it. Dude, 14 team total is just gross. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's, you can just go onslaught uh, Chiefs here. I was looking at those games where the Chiefs were heavily favored, and the, the other side just never got there. So my my take is actually an under on this game because I think the Chiefs can hit their team implied total. I don't think the Texans can. Um, that line's really big. 
But I think if I had to, if I had to pick, I would take Chiefs minus 14, and I would take the under. I would take the under as well. Look at us. Sharp people together. Uh, next game, Dallas Cowboys at Jacksonville Jaguars. Dallas is a four-point road favorite. The over-under is 48 and a half. And man, the Jags are a perfect setup for DFS. Their defense, poo-poo. Their offense, something else that rhymes with poo-poo, but it's positive. <laughs> I just, I, I, I like what we're seeing. And I also, man, they just can't run the ball at all right now. So you're getting high volume, passing offense, and multiple pieces. We saw last week it was Evan Ingram going nuts. A couple weeks before that, Zay Jones. So how do you want to stack this game? Yeah, if we start on the Jaguar side of the ball, you talked about the running inefficiencies. Travis Etienne has been horrific. And if you're relying on him in like season-long weeks to get into the fantasy playoffs, you're probably not in the playoffs. I mean, averaging 2.8 yards per carry over the last three weeks is not great. We know that Dallas is a defense in general that you can run on. It's just that if we think Dallas is going to have success, which I do, over the last five weeks, the Jags are 29th in defensive scoring allowed, 29th in total DVOA. So they're giving up huge plays, tons of points, all those things. So it's not difficult to see the situation turn into, oh, the Jags are down two touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence, here you go, and you have to throw. So I don't have a ton of interest in ETN. I do have interest if I'm stacking Dak to either play you know, one or two pieces on the Dallas side, and then if you're stacking the Jaguars as well, stack Trevor Lawrence. But I do have interest in Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. Um, we think about the Cowboys' defense as being top-notch, elite, extremely tough, and they are good, don't get me wrong. But since week six, Dallas is 20th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points to wide receivers, so it's not an impossible matchup that these guys can't pay off their tags. I just like what we're seeing from Lawrence, that we're getting actual volume. It's not like they're trying to balance it out, and like, oh, let's take some pressure off. Like, oh, they're leaning into this guy who's been killing it recently. So I think you can do that. Uh, Jaguars games have averaged over 55 total points over the last month, and they rank third in explosive pass rates. So we're getting big plays. He's been looking better inside the red zone. So everything says you can't run the ball, so it's just really clean for me. If you want to stack with Lawrence, pick two, and then come back on the Cowboys side. I do have concerns if people want to chase somebody like Zeke. He hasn't hit 20 points in any game. So in a GPP, it's like, sure, you'll get a touchdown. But let's say, like, what's his ceiling? 102? Like, he's not going to catch many passes. That's a pretty good ceiling. I guess that's not as bad. That's just, <laughs> but but I can have I can recreate that somewhere else. I just like the passing offense better for Dallas side. Oh, for sure. Uh, the thing is though with with Zeke is that I think he's better on Fanduel just for how he plays and how he scores. Because you know if the slate turns into a lower scoring slate, meaning you don't need twenty five from all your guys, if you need eighteen from a running back, like Zeke can do that. But he's more of a touchdown scorer, not involved with the passing game. For So for me, if you are going to go that route, he's better on FanDuel, personally, for me. Speaking to the Cowboys, we talked about the pass attempts might not be there. They're just so high in neutral rush rate that it's tough to see a Dak overall volume game. But can he get there from efficiency in this spot? For sure. Over the last eight weeks, Jacksonville 31st in EPA per pass attempt. 29th in points per game allowed as we said so I think Dak can pay off his tag I, I'm a little hesitant in cash just because the pass attempts might not be there but if he came out and averaged seven and a half or eight yards per attempt the dudes that he's throwing the ball to can absolutely get there yeah I I think where I'm at in this game is I I want to be on Dak but I know that in cash he's going to be you know carrying some steam so I think you can do something where you think the Dallas offense rolls like we said and you go Dak Pollard and then pick another piece if it's lamb if it's uh you know schultz and then i think Gallup has a really cheap tag too that we've seen that we just haven't seen the yardage like in the past but i want to double stack this week with dak and then bring it back with somebody like a zay jones uh or or christian kirk i think that's totally fine but i think this is a game that we said earlier in the week it felt low and it's been bet up a little bit so props to us right i mean put like 12 units on it no big deal really no just kidding i didn't put anything on it you, did you have a conversation with Monica before you left and said, hey, I'm going to temper some of the uh, wagering that I'm doing this week? Well, that's what I told her. Okay. <laughs> she said, have fun. Don't lose too much money. Did she give you some spending money? There's some like... Not a dime. Okay. So she said, uh, please come back with more. 
than what you started with. Yep. Maybe it's one of those propositions where you say, I'm actually going on this trip to make money for our family. Even oh, I told her it was a business trip. Ooh. So we'll see. Did you tell people that in the airport? I'm going on a business <laughs> trip. I actually sat next to uh, a fine gentleman. Very nice. From Canada. And well, he sure. asked if I was coming home to Phoenix, if I was going, going home to Arizona. And I said, no, I'm actually out here on a trip. And he said, oh, that sounds fun. What are you going out there for? And I just froze. I, I had no idea what to say because how do you explain to someone that you talk about fake football for a living? So I said, oh, I'm going out there and, you know, it's a business trip. And he, he didn't ask, thank God. But yeah, very nice gentleman. Very nice. What a great guy. Shout out to that guy. He let me have the, um, I was on the aisle. He let me have the armrest though next to him. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a generous thing because you could just power move and just say this and is And he fun. was there before me, so he could have had it if he wanted it. Wow. Props to- Love that guy. Generous airplane man. <laughs> Uh, give me your Vegas take. I think, well, I don't feel confident, but my lean is that Dallas covers this because last week was not the real Dallas Cowboys. Four feels like a low line against the Jags. I'm going to give my cop out answer. It was the, the over from whatever the line was earlier in the week uh, (laughs) from Tuesday that I took. I think I would take Dallas minus four. Uh, All right. A couple more games here. Fly Eagles fly Philadelphia Eagles at Chicago bears. Eagles are nine-point road favorites. The over-under is 48.5. We need Justin Fields in order to make this game great. But Chicago's defense, man, has been so bad. Over the last four games, they've averaged, uh, they're allowing an average of 29 points per game, and they're 31st in EPA per play. So they're just done. I mean, they've traded a lot of players this year. Not a good setup for them. Is this just leaning to Eagles onslaught? Yeah, I don't think we really need to get too cute in this game. I mean, on the Bears side, I was thinking about before we recorded, like, if you did want to stack fields, you know, what would you do? And the first name that sticks out to you is Chase Claypool. But there was a quote this past week coming out of the bye that he still is not up to speed with the offense. So you literally can't even go to his wide receiver one in theory. So are you stacking with, like, Equinemius St. Brown or Nikhil Harry? Like, you just aren't, right? So you're hoping that fields runs the ball and you're hoping that Cole Komet might have a ceiling game. If I can't tell you if he's going to. It's so uncertain. So for me, I really don't have a ton of interest in the Bears, period, against this team. I understand David Montgomery, the role, the rushing volume should be there. But at the same time, you know, Justin Fields can house a 50-yarder and take away a ton of production from David Montgomery. So I, I honestly don't think you have to bring it back with anyone on Chicago if you want to go on Philly side. Yeah, I, I have a hard time when you start stretching this game and thinking about on the Chicago side, like who's really there? I know Jordan Davis being back kind of tapers a lot of stuff with Dave Montgomery. He's a fine value. I think he's a good foreplay, but uh, Claypool's done nothing. Cole Komet, like I'd only do that if I'm stacking with Justin Fields. So in this game, I think my only question is, can Hertz get there and Sanders get there, or is it kind of either or in this game where you just pick the route and you say to yourself, like I'm going fully Hertz here and double stacking him, or this is a Sanders game, and I think the other parts are going to fail. I think it depends, truthfully, on the contest that you play. So last week, if you play in some of the smaller stuff that I play, for example, 200, 300 people, if you played Hertz, Sanders, and one of the wide receivers, you could have gotten there in a tournament that size because they all had a great game. But if you're playing in the Millie Maker or something in a similar style, that you need a ceiling performance from literally every single one of your guys, it's tough to see that happening week after week after week. That said, the offense is rolling, so I'm fine picking a couple of spots. And actually, with some of these teams in the last couple of weeks that we've been talking about, the Chiefs, the Eagles, teams that just roll, but you're really not sure like how the right stacking works out, I've actually found myself playing the running back and one of the wide receivers, even if I don't have to have the quarterback. Because if they put up 35 points, we saw it last week. Sanders ran in for two. He was awesome. Both the wide receivers caught a touchdown, so... I'm fine to get creative with your stacks here. I'm fine to go with Hertz and Sanders and a wide receiver because what you're saying in that scenario is you get access to all the touchdowns that they score. And if the trends keep up the way they have been, you're going to want an eagle in your lineup. Yeah, you just need the Bears to fight back in this game. I don't even mind if you wanted a skinny stack. If you said Hertz, A.J. Brown, or Hertz, Devonta Smith, and you have no one else on the Chicago side. Um, But I think I just... If Fields can elevate this game to be somewhat close, I think if this line... Right now it's minus nine... I feel like it's going to trend towards double digits in just a hot second. Like I right now I'm going to take the Eagles minus nine, but 
I think it's close enough where on the road this game could be, you know, a little bit more back and forth. What are your thoughts? I was just thinking about this as you were talking because really what it sounds like is you need Fields to have a great game, but presumably that just means he's running the football a ton. So what are your thoughts on playing Fields naked in Week 15 and then playing like two Eagles on the other side? Now, I, I do a lot of my DFS in the nudes, so you know of that. Of course, obviously. And, uh, and your ROI this year? It's great. It's, it's through the roof. It's through the roof. Um, Man, Fields and then you're... Is, sa- that, is that wrong? Like, uh, just talking out loud. Are you saying bring it back with like Sanders or bring it back with... So like if you played Fields naked, no one else on Chicago, and then played Sanders and Devonta Smith or something along those lines. You're saying that, yes, you're saying Fields... He rips off another 50-yarder for a touchdown. I think it's doable. I'm betting against that this week, but uh, I think in a tournament, this team's coming off the bye. He's popped up on the injury report with the illness. I think his roster percentage is going to be lower than it should be. Like knowing 3% his probably. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll still take the Eagles minus nine. Yep, same. And we need that because then our Chicago under hits. That's right. So, that's just... I fly, mean, Eagles fly, baby. Should we spend that money now knowing it's you know it's coming in this weekend? Yeah, let's go out for a nice dinner tonight. You know, really just, just go out on the town. You know, Emma and I, we're going to take you out to a nice dinner, but uh, that's after my Thursday night lineup hits. Of course. And, uh, yeah, Jawan Jennings for the win. <laughs> uh, all right, last game, Tennessee Titans at Los Angeles Chargers. We talked about this game earlier this week. Chargers are three-point home favorites. The over-under is 47.5. And we love this game because these two defenses are inept, especially the weather other team's good at. We know that Titans are good at running the ball. Chargers' pass rate over expectation is awesome. Herbert threw the ball 51 times last week. So I'm going to be quick here. Are you double stacking Herbert and bringing back with Henry? Is that going to be the, the construct that people use? Yes. And it also feels right. I mean, when you think about Justin Herbert, we talked about him in the cash game section. I cannot think of a better spot for Justin Herbert. When you have last week, all his guys healthy, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer, Austin Eckler, all in the lineup and finished the game. But not really. And what I mean by that is Mike Williams was still a part-time player last week. So we could get even better for his weapons in this game. And Tennessee faces the highest neutral situation pass rate in the league. Justin Herbert, we should look in props. I don't know what his attempts line is going to be. I'm going to take the over on it because I think they're going to completely abandon the run. Tennessee is a lead against the run. Number one rush defense DVOA. Number one in EPA. And they're just going to let Justin Herbert drop back 50 times in this spot. So yeah, I love Justin Herbert. He talked about Keenan who I'm not going to argue against any week. But to me, I love the ceiling of Mike Williams in this game. 6,300 on DraftKings doesn't feel like enough, especially as a part-time player. So you know where it's going to go on the Chargers side as far as the passing attack. And then for the Titans, you couldn't drop a better spot for Derrick Henry You know, at 8K, and, and he was 7,900 last week, so they didn't really change his price. And one thing that's kind of sneaky about Henry, we talked about the target shares with Travis Etienne earlier, 10.3 for King Henry. He's on pace to have the highest reception total in his career. And Dontrell Hilliard, this is what you come to the podcast for, Dontrell Hilliard talk, is out with a neck injury. And he's been the guy that's working in on pass downs or the obvious situations for passing. So Henry has passed to seeing more routes, more targets, all those things to help elevate not only his floor, but also his ceiling. I love this setup. I mean, these are our guys, right? Keenan Allen, Big Mike. These are our dudes. I want to give people a couple of numbers just to think about how you're going to stack here. Um, we talk a lot about how players correlate. Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler have extremely negative correlation. Like you probably don't want to play Herbert Allen and Eckler together. Now watch those three go off together. But the craziest correlation that I found is that Austin Eckler's strongest correlation on the team is not with Herbert. It's actually not that strong, but it's with big Mike. So I know it's a lot of money to pay, but if you play Herbert Eckler and big Mike, their correlation coefficient is 0.62. That is very strong for a running back. Easy, wide smarty pants. Jeez. I mean, I got to impress the people. Would you be interested in paying up for that? Because then you're kind of saying that somebody on the Tennessee side gets there, and the only one you can really think about is Henry. That's true. I, you can do that. I'm just looking at the roster percentage, like what I have in the early projections. Like Eckler's going to be about 20. Keenan's going to be about 17. Big Mike, 3.5. So I think you can play a chalky piece and then get a little different and you know get unique with it. So I don't hate that take. I think you can also, if you just want to play Eckler and Big Mike and not even have Herbert, let's say Eckler gets like one or two scores on the ground. Big Mike has, you know, 101. Like, I think you can get there and Herbert's not necessary. But 
my biggest question is what else do you do on Tennessee's side outside of Derrick Henry? Like, Okonkwo is going to be a name that people throw in there, and then nobody knows what to do with the wide receivers. Part of it is injury situation, so we'll have to monitor the practice reports with um, Robert Woods with illness, Traylon Burks with concussion. If Traylon Burks is cleared, I actually think he's very interesting in this spot because everyone's going to play the big dog for good reason. And Chico Conquo, who I like, is going to be popular. But as I said, he's still not playing a full allotment of snaps or routes. So his floor is lower than you might think, even though he does have a good ceiling for his price point. So to me, the most obvious GPP leverage play on the Titan side is Traylon Burks. We saw him start to emerge before the concussion. He caught the touchdown against the Eagles. And we know later in the season, these rookies tend to come on. So I actually, I kind of love Traylon Burks this week if he plays. I'm I'm for it. I'm for it in GPP if he's the different one you want to get. But Yeah, I, tournament only. I think Henry Eckler, those two are the biggest decision point on the slate for, for tournaments. Like if you guess the right one and if you play both and one of them doesn't hit, you're, you're done. It's just figuring out what the right combination because we love both those guys. We know they both have ceiling. We both love the matchups. So it just kind of depends on where you want to go there. Give me your Vegas take on this game. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over. Forty-seven and a half feels low. Yeah, I, I like the over as well. I'm a sucker for the Chargers, so I'm gonna abstain uh, for for moral reasons, religious reasons, every other reason. Financial. Financial, definitely. <laughs> I've lost so much money in the Chargers. Speaking of Chargers, before we get into our prop section, we're gonna talk about our slate breakers of the week. And sponsor this week is something that you're quite familiar with, Beth, since coming here. Oh, what is it? It's a uh, it's a game. It's a simple little board game. The game is called Sorry. I don't mm. know if you guys played that in a while, but Bet's played last night with my sons. <laughs> got his butt kicked. I got wrecked. I got wrecked. Your kids are just bullying me, man. Uh, Houston takes it pretty seriously to the point where he doesn't actually... You notice that he doesn't count the spaces. He just jumps ahead 12 spots or Dude, 11. he would flip a card and it would say like eight, and all of a sudden his little piece would be moved already on the board. I'm like, how did you know that? He's played so much, he's a pro at the game. We, we, we've kind of calculated like what the best moves are, especially moving backwards... From the start, if you even go backwards one and you hold that piece, it's pretty plus EV move. So we uh, pretty take it pretty seriously. I've had days where Houston wanted to play just like 10 times in a row. And it's it's pure luck, though. I don't think he I don't think he realized that. He thinks he's just the best in the world. But you're not. I'm not. And and Truman, your other son, also beat me. So it was, it was a rough night at the Borg household for me. All right. Give me your slate breaker this week, and I love it. Yeah, we talked about him just a few minutes ago. If that roster percentage holds, Big Mike Willie. You know I don't need to lose more money on Big Mike. I've already done that enough. But I'm going to aggressively play him if he is still under 5%, under 10% come Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the roster percentage report. We talked about it last week. It was a great spot for him, 6 for 116 and 1. But he only played 65% of the snaps. If that gets up to 80 85%, the ceiling is much higher. We talked about the matchup with Tennessee. Perimeter wide receivers are absolutely crushing Tennessee this year. Uh, Stefan Diggs, earlier in the year, 12-148-3. Mac Hollins. This was the Mac Hollins week, Kyle. Remember that? 6-149-1. T. Higgins, 7-114-1. These are classic Mike Williams stat lines. He has the dot. We love Justin Herbert. It's going to be a great spot for Big Mike this week. I love it. I think his price, do you think? Do you feel like they just forgot about how good he is and they just forgot about his price? 6300 yeah, that's too low. It should be up in like the upper six Ks. All right, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase. We teased him earlier. We talked about it earlier in the week. I'm at this point in DFS where an elite wide receiver is not somebody that I'm like, okay, you know what? It doesn't work for my budget or I don't have a balanced roster. The ceiling for Jamar Chase is too good. He has PFF's best matchup this week at corner in Ooh. terms of advantage. Yeah, he's PFF grades, so you got to give them some credit there. But since returning, his yards per out run is over the top and his targets per out run is over 30%. So Joe Burrow has eyes for only him. I get T. Higgins might be back. I get Tyler Boyd will, will be back. I just don't care. Well, they might be. We don't know. I know. That's the thing. And even if he is, he's somebody I want to jam in my lineup, and I think he can be wide receiver one on the slate. Justin Jefferson's not here. So, I mean, somebody's got to do it from that team. So, all right. Let's prop it up. Prop it like it's hot. You can get in the DFS Pass if you want to get all of our prop selections in our prop article, DFSPass.com. And here's a couple that we think can be on your radar, including one that you added earlier this morning to the props article. I'm, I'm going to fade Sam Darnold. What? I know. I know. He seems like a nice guy, but under 176 and a half passing yards. Got that at minus 115 on BetMGM. 
Caesars, and DraftKings. Darnold has started two games this year for these Panthers. He's been under in both of his games, and it's not because he's been awful. It's just that they literally don't want to let him throw at all. And now he gets a matchup against Pittsburgh, which if you look at on paper over the entire season, they've been giving up some big passing games. Over the last month, they've really shored things up. They are the 10th best defense against the pass in the last month. Give me under on Sam Darnold. They want to run the football with Juba Hubbard down to Foreman. All right, I'm going to take one that doesn't feel comfortable because I know this player can break this off whenever, but it's Justin Fields under 69.5 rushing yards. It's pretty nice, but the reality is against good defenses this year, he's hit under this number. I mean, we think of the monster games that he had against Miami, against Detroit, you know, where he's hitting 100-plus. If you take what he's averaging for the rest of the year, if you take those games out, you know, you're getting more like uh, 60, 56. You're getting you're getting a range where I think this number is too high and this offense isn't good. With Jordan Davis back, I think this is a different kind of defense. So Justin Fields under 69.5. Nobody likes taking the unders. I get it. It's not cool. It's not what the kids are talking about. But, hey, it makes some money. All right, before we finish, let's hop in the mailbag. Mailbag. Tomorrow on our live stream, or I guess that would be today for those listening, we're going to have some fun questions that we'll get to share, including some just about how our DFS story started, maybe some more about Betts and I at the end of the show. So you can send your questions on Discord or on Twitter. I'm at Kyle underscore Borg, or Betts is at the Fantasy PT. Let's start off with this first one. This is on Twitter at, at Chopping Block CH. Is Drake London a sneaky option with Ritter, or is he a total stay away? So it's tough, right? Because we know the talent is there for a wide receiver like Drake London. We talk about all the time, later in the season, the rookies come on. They're after their bye week. But they didn't want to let a veteran in Marcus Mariota throw. I'd just be surprised if they let Desmond Ritter throw in his first game. And, you know, this team could get uh, Marshawn Lattimore back for the Saints uh, on the main show on Thursday. Andy had set the line, what was it, uh, 14 and a half completions or 12 and a half completions? It's not out on the books yet, but he was like, that's where I would set it. If you're getting 13 completions from your quarterback, it's just really tough to see a ceiling for Drake London. But, uh, you know, as a dart throw, if you're into it, totally fine. He's not going to get played at all. I will not be going there. I just... I, I'm You've mid- seen the Falcons play football? I've seen them play football. I've seen this game. I've seen they're playing in New Orleans. It's... He saw 12 targets before the bye. So there is some promising things there. I just won't do it in a rookie's first game. I can give you many reasons why, but that's definitely one of them. This one's from Dragon9 on Discord. You say to get off Chalk DST and GPPs. Does that include small field tournaments as well? Yes and no. So in smaller field tournaments, it's okay to play a bit of the Chalk. And actually, there's a good amount of research that shows a mix of Good chalk, meaning guys that are 15, 20%, and some contrarian plays that are under 10%, is actually the optimal way to play. You don't want to just play all the 10% guys. These guys are 20% for a reason. It's because they're the best players on the slate. So in smaller fields, my approach usually is that I build a cash-style lineup and make two to three pivots somewhere in the lineup to get off the board. I'm not trying to go for every single player under 12% in my lineup like I would potentially if I'm playing the Millie Maker or something like that. So yes, you can play some chalk in the small tournaments. Yeah, I... I wish I could give you a better answer with defense. Yeah, defense is tough. I just, I mean, there's not really a rhyme or reason. Same thing with my toilet bed the other day. <laughs> it's like a defensive touchdown is what wins it for people in tournaments. And to predict where you're going to get that, yes, you can get sack rate. Yes, you can get other things. But like a couple of weeks ago, what was it? Like if you paid up for the Browns, that was the week against the Texans. If you paid up for the Cowboys last week, you were toast. So at the end of the day, I wish I could give you better data on defense, but even the best minds in the industry would just say there's so much variance you can't really project that. Yeah, and if and real quick too, like if you if you are going to fade one spot in a tournament because of roster percentage, it should be the defense. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm totally fine going the other way. Next one from JS Will twenty two. What do you think is the best approach to large field twenty entry GPPs twenty max? So this is something that I do like doing. Do you center your lineups around five to six game stacks and just cover your bases, or do you stake your claim on just two to three stacks with lots of variation? I'm more of a pick three quarterbacks, stack around them, and figure it out from there. Yeah, I lean that same way, mostly just because the way I play in tournaments, I'm not a 20 max guy, so this is not a great question for me, is that I play 
usually three to five-ish, sometimes upwards of seven tournament lineups, depending on how I'm feeling for the week. So naturally, I'm already considering a couple of quarterbacks and then kind of moving on. So if I was going to do 20 max, that's how I would play it. I've seen other people, though, in the industry have success if they are saying, like, I want maximum variation. I want to get way off the board. And then also, in some of the lineups, play the chalky quarterbacks and stack. Because in those scenarios, what you're saying is, I want either first place or I want last place. And I don't care what I get in between. You're just going for the top outcome. So there's multiple ways to play it. But I'm with you. I lean into the kind of two to three stacks with variation sort of approach. All right, last one on Discord. Not so much a question, but would love to hear an update on your best ball teams. How many Vance? Let's first talk bets about our big dog best ball team. And we're done. That's uh, how that... <laughs> so that was a team that Bets and I kind of updated. We did an article. That team died very quickly. It had Javante Williams and it had Brees Hall. End of story. It's just like we couldn't recover from there. Now, we did have Donovan Peoples-Jones on that team. Dang right. Also had Tom Brady, who's been terrible, and Russell Wilson, who's been one of the worst quarterbacks in football. So yeah. it was done from the beginning. Yeah, and for those of you that play basketball, like I just know that that's going to happen over and over again. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't the best team, but I think people are asking about best ball mania. They're asking about puppy. So I currently have five teams that are currently through in best ball mania. I I only did like twenty five entries, so I feel I feel all right about that. Um, surprisingly enough, I have some Justin Fields teams that. Uh, have some live action uh, that I feel pretty good about. There's some Justin Herbert stacks, Kirk Cousins. I would say my best builds in best ball were where I went heavy wide receiver. I have a team that I love. It has Justin Jefferson. Of course. It has Tyreek Hill. It has A.J. Brown. It has Chris Olave. And it has Tyler Lockett on that team. That team, I, like, I don't even have to do anything at running back. That's hot. It's a great team. That's a great team. Yeah, it was a good year. We'll talk about everything in, in hindsight and you know analyze all the numbers and stuff in the offseason. But it was a good year for zero uh, running back teams because when you did that, you probably landed with guys like Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, who are just incredible best ball picks at this time of the year. But yeah, for me, I've got uh, three through best ball mania, a bunch in the puppy, and actually a lot on DraftKings because I was so wide receiver heavy and it was a good year for that. So I've got some teams that are live, but I don't love my chances of winning best ball mania, if I'm being honest, because... All three of those teams that are three of the best ones I have, Ramondre Stevenson. I okay. Give Bet some props, which we'll do later on. We'll talk about our you know best calls, worst calls. Ramondre was somebody you pounded the table and said this guy can be a league winner, and for advanced rates, he's going to be that player. And now he's going to lose everyone money. Yeah. <laughs> Does you know it still what? Ramondre is going to show up as look what he did in advanced rates, and then his championship winning numbers are going to be terrible. Not great. So well, not great, Bob. We'll we'll see how that that goes, but well, yeah, we'll give some more of those off season takes. Talk about some of those. Chris Olave, that one feels pretty good. Yes, sir. Uh, but uh, Russell Wilson, that one does not feel good. No, it does not. And uh, if I remember, there was someone on this podcast who who was Come into Cortland Sutton <laughs> to lead the league in receiving touchdowns. Who would have done that? I think he has one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go back and listen to the episode to see how smart or dumb we sounded at the time because in hindsight it's so so silly i bet we said something that was like oh this is just a great bet this great value great value yeah great great value guys just so you know in the betting world is another way to say <laughs> you can flush your money down the toilet and not feel terrible about it yeah like aaron jones offensive player of the year but what about justin jefferson oh now we're talking yeah he's live he is live speaking of we will be live today on, today and We'll talk about some tournaments, some Saturday tournaments. You can play with us at ballersdfs.com. You go to our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg Plus Bets. We're going to give some contests that we think will be fun, that you can sweat out with us. Uh, it's just a grand old time. We have a 600-person contest every single week that is just sitting there that some weeks there's some overlay. And I, I don't understand why people don't jump in. Yeah. If, I mean, overlay is free money because if it doesn't get filled, then our good friends at DraftKings don't get the rake. They don't get to take from us. So, yeah, keep your eyes on it. I mean, let's let's try to fill it, obviously. But if you're sitting there on Sunday morning and it's at like 500 people, jump in there. Yeah, there's like four or 5,000 people in our league and it's just the contest is just sitting there. But when we post those contests and you get a notification, those things fill up. I had some people that were kind of mad at me that yeah. that like, why why did you give me this notification and then it's full right away? So maybe we'll post some more contests. People can be a part of that. Uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. Bets, how was your first time in studio? Magical. Really? It was great, too. This chair is so comfortable. This mic is awesome. These headphones are great. I got to see you in person. 
got beat up by your kids. It was great. It's a really good feeling. And the best part is we get to kind of show this other podcast around here, like how to do stuff. So, yeah, how to work. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll tell them how to do stuff. Bets, why don't you sign us off? Yes, have a great weekend. Enjoy the football, Saturday games, and Sunday. If you want analysis on that Saturday slate, catch us later today, ballerslive.com, 2 o'clock Eastern. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.